This Saturday morning on Gesundheit with Jacobus, hear about the many amazing medicinal properties of CBD. Dave Hargett, the man behind the company Innovative CBD, will explain successful uses of cannabidiol, as well as the many misconceptions surrounding CBD oil. Pro or con hemp products, Dave Hargett will provide lots of answers. It's Gesundheit with Jacobus. Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all-natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's nice to be with you. Program about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles. That's what we do every week. We discuss health. That is what Gesundheit means, health or good health. We invite experts to talk about what they do for a living. We ask them to, uh, to share a book that they have written, researched, they're doing, they have done, uh, just talking about the profession in general, the type of work they do. And I just want to let you know that uh, we're not here to diagnose, treat, or cure. And today is such an interesting topic when we discuss CBD oil uh, coming from the industrial hemp plant. I have discussed this topic before, and it has come up. A little bit here and there in programs, but today when we're talking with our guest Dave Hargett, uh, we're going to learn so much more, and uh, it is wonderful to have him with us. But always make sure that you see a professional of your choice, get the best information you can get. We're here primarily to inform, educate, and entertain. And so again, the telephone number 522-8255 is the number in the studio. This is a, uh, a great show, and let me tell you, I already know that, usually you know, nighttime show host, uh, they say, we have a wonderful show for you. Now, I do know this topic is, is, is top of mind awareness for many people. And therefore, you want to know more about it. You want to understand more what this is all about. And, uh, and if this is a really a good thing for you and, and for your loved one, maybe. So Dave Hargett is an entrepreneur who started in the cannabis business wanting to make a difference in people's lives. His focus was to find a way to make products that were organic and that needed no solvents, which then led him to CBD. This step has allowed him to help even more people while making very unique products on machinery that is proprietary to the company Innovative CBD. Dave does not hold a specific degree and he is self-taught in all that he has done. He has a great passion and a drive to learn in order to be the best he can be. Now, Innovative CBD is located in Lake Elsinore, California, Lake Elsinore, California, and the telephone number there is 800-618-9662, 800-618-9662, and you can go to InnovativeCBD.com to find lots more information. 
Dave, sorry we lost you there, but I really appreciate you here. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jacobus. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yes, what a topic. And uh, you have obviously done this for a long time. Uh, my my good friend Brad Meyer said you have done this pretty much your whole adult life. Yeah, definitely. I've been in cannabis since I was about 18 in different various businesses. And then uh, about five, five years ago was when I built my machine and really started taking it to the uh, next the, the the next level, but yeah, I've I've owned a dispensary. I've been a consumer of cannabis products. I've had a nursery. I've been in pretty much every aspect of the cannabis and hemp business. Yes, and is that a um, uh, is it up and coming? Has it been? Uh, it, have there been changes made recently? Let's say legally, and we're going to talk about this. That has given you this hope that this is going to be a great continuing business. The hemp side, yes, with the 2014 Act, um, we actually were able to now cultivate a little bit of hemp in the United States now in certain states under pilot programs. And then um, the marijuana laws have have really been changing uh, very fast over the last few years. And just now in California in 2018, they passed for recreational marijuana use. Um, So a lot of states are, are stepping up and seeing the the benefits in, in cannabis medicine and now passing laws to starting um, starting to allow people to access it. But the problem is that that we're seeing, and I'm sure some of your listeners may be aware, is, is the federal government side of things. We had certain policies in place with, with Obama where they were going to allow states to enact their laws and, and, and do their, their own things. And now with just sessions, in office under Trump, he is now enacting, kind of redacting that stuff, and now we're not sure where cannabis is going to go federally, um, but on a stateside level, everything seems to be moving forward. It seems that uh, one of the news media I checked, it said that yesterday, uh, the 9th of February, 2018, the Congress just voted to continue protecting medical marijuana states from federal persecution. And so that... Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so it says... I did not see that. Yeah, so early this morning it says Congress voted to renew the Rohrabacher Blumenauer Amendment. Yes. So awesome. that seems that there's, no, there's not going to be any persecution. That is great news. I was not aware of that. Thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, you me. bet. So, yeah, uh-huh. awesome, awesome. That's really good news, and we're in the process right now of applying for a recreational license in California that we hope to get in the next eight weeks or so, so we can continue on our THC side of production stuff, and then also on our CBD side, because really, it, when trying to use this as medicine to treat people, sometimes you need both compounds there. So as long as my business is, is solidified in, in both aspects of it, I think we'll be able to help a lot more more people. Right. However, when we're looking at the consumer side, as far as easy access, the CBD component, the cannabidiol component, is uh, can be isolated. Yeah. Right? So yes. it is available by itself. Yes, it is available by itself, but a lot of people need to know that with industrial hemp, there are still going to be trace amounts of THC there. So as we are talking about CBD, that is going to be the primary compound in a CBD-based product but uh, there will usually always be trace amounts of THC still present because uh, to, to classify as industrial hemp, 
the raw flower or starting material that's cultivated has to be below 0.3% THC. Right. Oh, boy, this is great. Now, uh, there is a lot we need to talk about, and I, I, like to fe- I like to start at the beginning, if you don't mind. I want to make sure that our listeners are aware what we're actually talking about. Uh, we, the, the topic today is CBD oil, and CBD is, uh, is an abbreviation of the word cannabidiol. And uh, maybe you can help us a little bit, Dave, to explain to people what is the difference between hemp and cannabis. So hemp and cannabis, like I was just mentioning briefly before, are pretty much the same exact strains. It's cannabis sativa, it's marijuana. They're very identical strains. They just have a different compound makeup um, of their their internal genetics. So THC or marijuana or cannabis um, has has a THC percentage, which is tetrahydrocannabinol, of above 0.3%, which means if you were to smoke it or vaporize it at levels above 0.3% THC, and usually cannabis is found with much higher levels of THC. Uh, Now we're seeing up into the 20, maybe even 30% range. It's going to create a psychoactive effect. But then to qualify as industrial hemp, it needs to contain less than 0.3% of the psychoactive component. And now with the way that hemp is being bred today, the CBD levels are starting to, to rise and and go up as people are breeding cannabis more for a medicinal use, where before THC strains or cannabis strains were mainly bred to have the TH or the, excuse me, the CBD was bred out of them and they were focusing more on the THC compound, where industrial hemp is starting to change. You still have a lot of industrial hemp genetics that are low in THC as well as low in CBD because they're used more for textiles and fibers and things like that. But now with recent breeding and and advances in CBD medicine and extractions and us finding out um, new ways that CBD is helping people, now different genetics are being bred to be more dominant in CBD and less THC, and that's what would qualify it as an industrial hemp plant. So in a way, it is done through a breeding process. It is not that yes. Mother Nature itself will give you a primarily CBD uh, uh, a cannabis plant. Or hemp We've plant. had some some strains where it is it is hemp, but now um, because it's been going on for so long, all the genetics that are pretty much out and available today have all been bred and backbred on each other. Um, there's not much genetically modifying going on that I'm aware of. Everything is done with old-school breeding, cross-pollination of different plants, males and females, to create seeds that produce specific genetic traits, and they breed those again and reproduce those uh, strains. Right. Now, the uh, just to also make clear to the listeners, uh, Dave, Dave Hargett is my guest. He is the owner and, and proprietor and the janitor at uh, Innovative CBD. I guess that's what you all do. Just kidding. But yeah. anyway, um, Dave, we, we are talking here about different plants. We're talking about the marijuana plant and the hemp plant, the industrial hemp plant. And just to make clear to all the listeners, what what Dave is working with at this point, what we're talking about on the radio show, is a plant that grows naturally under sunlight, about 30 feet high. Uh, it has, lo- has a long stem or trunk. I don't know how you would call it. And the leaves are on the top. And where many people know the marijuana plant to be the one that is grown in somebody's greenhouse or in, in a cellar and with a lot of artificial light and, and um, 
and composting or whatever they use uh, to get primarily a high THC content. Uh, tell me a little bit about the plant that you're working with in the case that we're talking about today, Dave. So cannabis and hemp, once again, very similar. A lot of cannabis strains, yes, are grown indoors in greenhouses. They're grown hydroponically. The nutrients is then adulterated and, and, and changed to, to produce more of the THC compound. Now, the exact same thing can be done with industrial hemp. So we actually own a farm in Spain okay. where we breed and produce our own genetics and cultivate hemp. And we do both types of cultivation. We grow outside in fields. We have about 75 hectare acres where we sprout seed and it grows male and female plants where they cross-pollinate. They get, I would say, 30 feet is probably a little excessive, maybe 15 feet or so, okay. sometimes even up to 20 um, but leaves will take the entire plant. They, the entire plant will bud. But oh. being that there's males and females in the plant, they bud and cross-pollinate and, and actually have, have seed sacs with the resins around them that are high in CBD. So we grow outside that way. Then we also have specific genetics that we plant all female flowers of and actually grow inside a greenhouse where we use an aquaponic watering system, very similar to what you would do in a connoisseur cannabis environment we do for our, our hemp as well, because the, the, the better you take care of the plant, the better you feed it, the more cannabinoids and terpenes it's going to produce. Uh-huh. So the parts used are not just the buds, you also use the leaves. You want to use the... In, for, for legal purposes, when we import into the United States, you want to use the seeds, the stalks, and the stems and everything surrounding those. Okay. And then on cannabis in, in the United States, when people consume cannabis, they're focusing mainly on the female flower of the plant and not the leaves. That is uh, that's pretty complex. I mean, it seems uh, quite a system here that you're talking about. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we have to cultivate the plant, then strip it down, remove the leaves, remove the seed, the stalk, the stem, grind that up, and then that whole plant material is what we import into the United States. So all of that is filled with CBD resins and terpenes that we would then extract from. Right. And so what you are trying, or what somebody is trying to do in the United States right now is we're trying to to grow it ourselves so that we're not dependent on foreign countries, in this case Spain, but I do believe uh, there are countries like the Netherlands and Germany who are also growing uh, industrial hemp plants. Yes, and Canada and China, and it, it's been done all outside of country, and that's the way our law has been written for many, many years, is that we have to import hemp from out of country to the United States um, which really hasn't made a lot of sense because I believe in the United States, hemp is somewhere around $20 billion, $20 billion a year of a hemp industry. Huh. And we've been having to import that all from out of the United States. And now it's slowly starting to turn. Laws are changing. We have hemp pilot programs. California, as of 2017, actually passed a law where we are going to be able to start cultivating hemp in California. Um, but it's been a very slow process. We've had it now for a year and two months in California. Not one license has actually been issued yet. Do you have to start all the way from scratch then? Are, are you able to use some of the seeds that you have been growing in Spain? 
that is going to be our plan is as soon as a license is issued, we should be able to import seed through the DEA into California. As of right now, we cannot import seed because unless you have a hemp permit, there's a law that states the CBD, uh, the any any hemp or cannabis seeds that are imported in, into the United States have to be sterilized, which would not allow them to grow. So we're hoping once we get our license, we can then register with the DEA and then import live hemp seeds that we will be able to plant. My same genetics I have in Spain right here in California, so our product does not change. Wow. That is, you know, I'm just talking about a little... Uh... I see a one-ounce bottle with liquid in my store of CBD oil. There's a whole process that goes uh, behind the scenes. It goes on behind the scenes. There is a huge process, and a lot of it is legality. And still, with hemp being legal in the United States and being imported, there is still miscommunication between certain jurisdictions of law enforcement. We actually just had a package uh, that we imported from Spain, and normally it comes through customs and all that, no problem. Uh, we just had a package back in November of 2017 get seized by Departments of Borders and Customs. Um, it went off to the DEA for, for lab testing and analysis, which is normally normal. Yeah. Um, but they've actually kept it for almost four months, huh. charging our company $80 a day to store the package. And then we just got a letter um, or a, I believe an email my attorney got Wednesday of last week saying our package has been seized. Has been and what? now we're waiting to... Oh, has been... Buy. Okay, right. Wow, this is ridiculous when you think yes. about it. And especially yes. as, as the show continues and we're going to talk about these amazing properties that uh, the, the, the this plant holds for our not just our immune system, but overall health of the planet. Uh, this is just an amazing. Now, I heard a story once that one of the main reasons why the hemp has been ostracized in this country is because of the cotton industry. Is that correct, or was that a uh, made-up story? I believe it's cotton and also the lumber. A lot of the guys back back in the day that were invested into oil and lumber, they didn't want hemp to be the new crop in the United States because it grows faster than, than, than lumber. Um, it has so many more uses than our standard paper and cotton. You can use it uh, to make fabrics and textiles and building materials. And, yeah, our government just basically said it needs to leave the United States, and I believe a lot of politics were involved in, wow. in that. Yeah, if you think about wood products, building materials, and uh, you look at the complaints that we have about clear-cutting so many forests uh, to build yep. all the homes we're doing, we could do so much better with a material that has uh, you pretty much grow it twice a year, right? Yes, where hemp has a crop, it can grow within three to four months. And well, one of the great places to kind of look at in in understanding the the economics behind hemp and the benefits that it brings is Hawaii. Hawaii, a oh. lot of the uh, all the houses in Hawaii are all stick built. It's all from lumber. There's oh. no forest in Hawaii, oh. so they have to import all that lumber to Hawaii. Where a two by four in California may be two dollars, in Hawaii it's going to be eight dollars. Where now, if you could plant hemp, where there's been lava flow and in fields like that, not only will it clean the soil, but will now allow for a more economical, stable building material right there on the island, which will drop building costs and increase sustainability. Now, this kind of research, Dave, is this done? Uh, what, what country is doing all the research? You're talking about uh, hemp growing in China, in Europe, in, uh, in Canada, in Mexico. Uh, where, 
where has the research been done to to come up with all this amazing information? Um, I know a lot is going on in other countries, and I'm not 100% sure on all the research and where it's being done, but what I've kind of noticed here in the United States is a lot of entrepreneurs going at it themselves. When huh. people Google hemp concrete, I found um, articles of guys in Kentucky and Colorado that have had access to hemp fiber, and they're they're making their own blends of hemp concrete. They're playing with it themselves. We have a wow. farm, our farm in Spain. Um, we're working with a clothing manufacturer to try and develop shoes. Um, it's all new technology to the United States, but like take China, for example. Um, they've been cultivating hemp for years. They have all the processing equipment to turn it into fabrics and textiles that we don't even have access to in, in the United States currently. Wow, incredible. All right, we're coming up to a break here, Dave. I so appreciate this information. There is going to be a lot we're going to talk about today. Going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Dave was just mentioning at the end of the last half hour, the, uh, the probably the lumber industry and the cotton industry saw hemp as a big uh, competitor and wanted to shut them down so that it wouldn't affect their profits. But the benefits of hemp are slowly but surely coming back out. Most people confuse hemp with the medical marijuana, of not even the medical marijuana, just marijuana in general. And we are here to explain to you that not only is there an immune system that we have that is uh, that has receptors specifically for these components of the hemp plant, but it is also uh, the, the, the components itself do not have all uh, mind-enhancing uh, capabilities or uh, uh, qualities, let me say it this way. So it's not that you get loopy from uh, taking CBD or some of the other components that are in, in the hemp plant. There are many benefits to it. And uh, I just want to welcome Dave back. Dave, good morning to you. Thanks for being here. Good morning, Jacobus. Yeah. Happy to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I would like to talk a little bit about the endocannabinoid system. That's how you say yes. it. And yes, endo endocannabinoid. Endocannabinoid system. All right. Now, um, what I, you know, I, I, to me, it is just an amazing thing uh, what is, uh, what's going on with this system. And I thought, if you don't mind, maybe I can play a little video that is about two and a half minutes long by a Dr. Sulak, and he explains a little bit more about the system, and then you and I can perhaps uh, talk about it more. Is that okay? Yeah, perfect. Let's do it. When people hear about all of the different health conditions that cannabis can help with and all of the different benefits of cannabis, it's almost too hard to believe. How can one herb have so many powerful medical properties without having any dangerous side effects. This question led researchers to discover a system of physiology that we all have inside of us that's constantly maintaining balance at a cellular level. It was named the endocannabinoid system because we discovered it when we were looking for how does cannabis work. Now we know that the endocannabinoid system is active in everyone all the time from even before you were born to the end of your life, helping promote health and balance physiologically. This system is present all through the body and all the different tissues. That's why it can help with disorders of the brain, 
of the various organs like the liver or the intestines. It can help with musculoskeletal problems. It can help with inflammatory and immune issues. Your body is making cannabinoids all the time. These molecules function a lot like THC and the other cannabinoids found in the plant. And your body knows when to make these and how to make these to keep you healthy. Some people need a little help or their endocannabinoid system may not be functioning at its optimal level. And you can address this by adding in the right dosage of cannabis from the plant. I've been surprised in my clinical practice to discover that ultra low dosages of cannabis can be health promoting and also relieve symptoms in patients. At these very low dosages, people will over time become more sensitive to cannabis and start getting better and better effects from the cannabis they're using, as well as start to develop a feeling of resilience, of strength, of balance. What I believe is happening, and this is supported by animal research, is that very low dosages of cannabis can actually upregulate and tonify your endocannabinoid system. This means the system of physiology that's been active within you since before you were born starts acting more efficiently, more optimally to promote health and balance internally. Ultra low dosages of cannabis can be used, in my experience, to promote health and to keep people resilient to all the toxicities and changes in their environment. All right, Dave, that was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, that was that was really good, and I really like how he was hitting on on low dosing. Yes, That's something you do not hear often. Most people in in looking for a CBD product, a lot of the competitors are putting on the shelves. They're all claiming very very high dosages, and I like that they were hitting in that that it's only low doses are actually needed. Well, that is uh, totally true what you're saying, and I find out too that um, what he says. This is a system that is already in place in an embryonic state. This is already there. Uh, let me see. There is an article that I printed from him, and he literally says that it, it starts already when the, when, when, the, when the embryo starts to attach to the uterine wall. So that means, in my opinion, it almost starts at the time that the, uh, that the neurological system starts, the nervous system. Wow. I was actually not aware of that myself. Yeah, he mentioned it even from before you are you are born. Absolutely born. Wow. Yeah, before yeah, it you're born. From day one. Yes. And, which uh, which makes perfect sense because once once there's already a heartbeat and we're starting, our, our metabolism is already building up and our brain is starting to develop, our neurological system is starting to come on board and yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So the uh let's talk a little bit about the system. Uh um it says over here, the endogenous cannabinoid system is named after the plant that led to its discovery is perhaps the most important physiologic, physio, physiologic system involved in establishing and maintaining human health. Endocannabinoids and their receptors are found throughout the body, in the brain, in the organs, connective tissues, glands, and immune cells. In each tissue... The cannabinoid system performs different tasks, but the goal is always the same, homeostasis, the maintenance of a stable internal environment 
despite fluctuations in the external environment. And I, I think this is so interesting. It says it promotes homeostasis at every level of biological life, from the subcellular to the organism and perhaps to the community and beyond. And uh, he, this is, he even talks, he, he's very plain about it. He says one of the examples is autophagy. I, I'm struggling over words all of a sudden. Usually I'm pretty good at these tough words. Auto, so it's A-U-T-O-P-H-A-G-Y, autophagy, autophagy, autophagy. Let's call it that. It says a process in which a cell sequesters part of its contents to be self-digested and recycled. And this process is mediated by the cannabinoid system. While this process keeps normal cells alive, allowing them to maintain a balance between the synthesis, degradation, and subsequent recycling of cellular products, it has a deadly effect on malignant tumor cells, causing them to consume themselves in a programmed cellular suicide. The death of cancer cells, of course, promotes homeostasis and survival at the level of the entire organism. So you're talking about a system uh, that is often called the second immune system. And maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that then. It, it helps with, with, with our immune, with the regulation of, of a bunch of stuff around our bodies with the CB1 and CB2, and it's CBD that's communicating with it, as well as THC, but it's also CBDA. It's a whole bunch of different cannabinoids. And then taking it a step further on what communicates that system and helps create that homeostasis with the body is also terpene. And one of the terpenes that helps with that function and, and communication in the endocannabinoid system as well is the teriophylline terpene, and that helps regulate the system even more efficiently. So what are terpenes? Terpenes are the flavonoids and the, the flavonoids of the plant. So teriophylline is also uh, very present in black pepper oil. So when you get the scent and smell of something, that is a terpene that is creating that. And one of the kind of easy ways to describe that is a lot of, a lot of people use lavender for its calming effects, for its anti-anxiety effects. Okay. Now, what creates that effect is actually the mercine terpene, which is present in the lavender plant. Okay. Yeah, so it's a lot of the uh, the, the, the scent of the plant, um, and it kind of goes back into we're really learning about terpenes with, with cannabis when it started with Marinol. Marinol is a synthetic form of THC, and when that product was developed, a lot of scientists thought, okay, we're going to create a synthetic form of THC, and it's going to have the same medicinal effect um, as, as smoking the actual plant. And they, they came to find out that it had almost the opposite effect. It was creating hallucinogenic effects and very negative effects in patients because it was missing the natural plant compounds of the terpenes that actually created a more desirable and a more healing effect. Oh, wow. Okay. I see. Yeah, so, so the terpenes are very, very important when, when communicating with the endocannabinoid system and using CBD and THC as medicine, but the most important terpene in helping regulate our endocannabinoid system is the caryophylline terpene. And that's found in black pepper oil as well as the genetics of industrial hemp. Caryophylline. 
Caryophylline, yes. All right. And that is the only protein that actually interacts directly with our endocannabinoid system. So it talked about trying to get to homeostasis and using minor amounts of cannabinoids. Also, the caryophylline terpene is the only other one that interacts with that system, and that is done in very small amounts as well. Hmm. Huh. Okay. This this system, the uh, the endocannabinoid system, is literally found in the brain, in the ner- the whole nervous system, in our hormonal system, in the glands, and. An interesting thing that this doctor said, Sulak, uh, S-U-L-A-K, said in this video is that a little bit, you mentioned it quickly, a a small amount of CBD oil is good to start. And you can go on on YouTube and find all kinds of videos, uh, how much to use, et cetera, et cetera. But this is very interesting because we are indeed a society that often says uh, more is better. And that is not always the case here. It is okay to start, well, I don't know what you would recommend uh, for people to start with, but apparently how he talks about it, start slow, you start low, and then let the system itself recognize its supplementation and thereby start to activate the system throughout the body so it becomes more receptive to larger amounts in the future. Yes, yeah, because we've been... We've had our hemp and our cannabinoids taken away from us for so long. Our body yet is is designed to absorb and, and interact with it, but we've been around, we've been away from it for so long. So you do want to start very slow because also in taking cannabinoids, just like with any other type of medication, your body's going to also build a tolerance to it. And what a lot of people will find is very small milligram dosages are actually more effective but it's also in the purity of oil that they're taking and what they're what they're introducing to their endocannabinoid system where here we are just talking about cbd there's also what's called cbda which is the acid molecule of the cbd before it's been decarboxylated and then when you throw the caryophylline terpene in there so instead of sending or or delivering one component to your endocannabinoid system with proper CBD oils out there, you can actually throw three components at it. When you throw three components at it, less is, is, is more. And that's why with our products, our tinctures, what a lot of people will notice is our milligram dosages and contents in the bottle are usually far less than what our competitors are. And that's because we're, we're manufacturing a product that contains your CBDA, your CBD, as well as rich in terpenes. And the number one terpene that is most present in our oil is the, the caryophylline terpene. So we're throwing everything at the cannabinoid system that it can possibly absorb to be as efficient as possible. All right. There is, uh, it mentions over here, um, endocannabinoids and cannabinoids are also found at the intersection of the body's various systems, allowing communication and coordination between different cell types. At the site of an injury, for example, cannabinoids can be found decreasing the release of activators and sensitizers from the injured tissue stabilizing the nerve cell to prevent excessive firing and calming nearby immune cells 
to prevent release of pro-inflammatory substances, three different mechanisms of action on three different cell types for a single purpose, minimize the pain and damage caused by the injury. How is that uh, work? Do you have, can you explain a little bit about that? How these cells can so quickly communicate with each other uh, uh, all the time? It's through the receptors, and I don't know too much, Jacobus, going into the crazy science of it. Um, I don't know a lot of the in-depth science. I've just seen how it's worked with our products and the feedback we've gotten from from, from our, our customer base. Uh, but I don't know too much into the actual cell and things like that. I'm not very familiar to be 100% honest with you. What I, one thing, this was an article that was written in 2015, and at this point, uh, this writer, David, David uh, Sulak, is, of, excuse me, not uh, Dustin, Dustin Sulak, uh, Dr. Dustin Sulak, he says at that point there are about 20,000 research articles already printed and, and available. We're, we're three years, two and a half years later, uh, this is ongoing research. This must be one of the most active research projects going on right now because I, uh, people must have discovered the tremendous success and they want to understand why. But why, with that much research behind it, why is this still such a legal battle uh, for many people to, to make this product available or to feel guilty if they even use the product? I really think it, it goes down to politics and money with our government. Uh, right now, I know there's, I want to say last time I checked, there was about 150 clinical trials being done on, on CBD right now, from Alzheimer's to cancer research to epilepsy. Um, but a lot of it is, is politics. If you have a medicine that you can grow or a plant that you can grow in your backyard that would heal you, Imagine the money that you're going to take away from the pharmaceutical industry and, and, and the business of, of pharmaceutical companies trying to manufacture drugs. If we have the ability to heal ourselves, the amount of money that would come out of that system would be astronomical. And that's what I really start to see because our federal government still states that THC and CBD has no medicinal value. It's a Schedule One narcotic, which is equivalent to heroin, cocaine, some of our most serious drugs, but yet all these studies are coming out on how beneficial it is for humans and how we actually kind of need this to survive and regulate our system effectively. But I think until our government can find a way that they can control it and make money on it, they're going to keep saying it is bad for you. Well, the, the, the big difference here is indeed, um, I think, part stupidity and not willing to learn, not willing to look at the uh, established reports. Because if you're talking about a cocaine or heroin, that uh, that affects a, only one system. It doesn't affect every cell, organ, uh, hormone in our body. And the research shows, like we just mentioned earlier, it already develops uh in utero, it already develops as the fetus is simply growing and attaching itself to the embryonic, or to the uh, to the placenta and to the uterine wall. Um, it is already developing, and so that means it is really part of ourselves, even if you don't do anything about it. And and to Definitely. me, yeah, and that to me is very different than some of the drugs that you're talking about. 
And I've even read studies where there's actually trace amounts of THC or a form of, of THC found in women's breast milk that will actually stimulate the appetite of a feeding baby. Huh. So it's it's in our bodies. I believe the government, the scientists, that the science is there. They they know it's there. They know what it does for us. And I think they're just trying to repress that information because if you look at cancer and drugs like that, if you just look at the amount of income that chemotherapy brings in, when the success rate of it, I, I've read studies where it's less than two percent. Yes, it is. Yes, that is still the number one thing. When you have cancer, the first thing your doctor tells you is, we need to start you on chemo. But a lot of people don't do their research and realize that it's between 1% and 2% of a success rate. And most people don't even now are dying of cancer. They're dying of the treatment that they got to try and cure their cancer because it's all money-related. And I see that in our business every day. We have people that call us that say, my doctor said I have three months to live. And if I try any cannabis product, they're going to drop my insurance and yes. they want to start chemo right away and they'll give me five to six months. Yeah. Which will be right back. We have a caller who would like to ask you a question, Dave. Uh, let's get the caller on. What's your name, please? And how can we help you? Is that me, Jacobus? It is you. This is Pete. Hey, Pete. It, I, I've been reading a lot about um, CBD oil. Yeah. And I've yet to hear hear any mention but from listening to of this but listening to your guests they they've now found out that uh tinnitus which is a ringing in the ears a pretty debilitating disease people don't you know they don't think of it as that but believe me it's no fun and they found now that it's not a disease of the ear that it's a disease of the brain your, your brain's firing all over the place, but I can't make the connections. And some of what I've read about on CBD is that it helps make those connections. And so my question is, I was wondering if, if he's had any feedback from his regular customers there on tinnitus, if it will um, actually help it because it is a disease of the brain now, they found out, and not a disease of the ear, and it's a disconnect. I kind of look at it as if you took the wires on, on the engine in your car for the spark plugs and just switched them all around, in other words, not put them where they belong, and sure, they'll fire, but they don't fire in order and things don't work right. And I was wondering if he had any feedback from his uh, his clients, and I'll hang up and listen. Thank you so much, Pete. Appreciate you it. Bye. Dave? All righty. Well, thanks for that, Pete. I actually have not, but if it's if it's signaling and, 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 and firing, CBD being an anti-inflammatory can also help with neuroinflammation. And as I'm sitting in front of my computer and what I want to tell a lot of listeners is when you're curious about what CBD may be beneficial for, one of the great things that we have access to now in 2018 is the Internet. <laughs> and I uh, simply just sitting here real quick because I haven't had this feedback from any of our customers. I went ahead and typed in tinnitus and CBD oil, and I found probably 50 to 60 articles that just popped up of people actually seeing relief um, from tinnitus using CBD products. And I think that that, that is due to this, its anti-inflammatory properties and it helping with neuroinflammation and helping with the signaling and transferring of those signals between the uh, brain.
Mm, great stuff. I I think that in reality, this may be the 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 more the best secret, <laughs> if we can call it that way, um, about our health that that needs to be rediscovered, uh, because this could totally revolutionize healthcare and self care, if we can call it that way. Uh, because the system we're dealing with today in this country and most of the Western state, Western countries is uh, sick care. We are taking care of a disease when it happens. We are not doing much that is preventative. To prevent it, yeah. Yeah, we are not stimulating people to watch what they eat. You go in any grocery store and you look at the variety of food all the way from super-duper healthy and fresh to very concentrated and uh, synthetic and um, you know not not very healthy for your for your body and brain and so that is all approved but something that literally creates or stimulates this endocannabinoid system this this new let's call it a secondary immune system or primary immune system maybe um, to work with that is revolutionary, in my opinion, for the majority of our listeners today. And and Dave, I want to quote something from this article that I had about the endocannabinoid system. It says, sea squirts, tiny nematodes, and all vertebrate species, um, let's see here, share the endocannabinoid system as an essential part of life and adaptation to environmental changes by comparing the genetics of cannabinoid receptors in different species, scientists estimate that the endocannabinoid system evolved in, pri in primitive animals over 600 million years ago. That is fascinating. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. It shows it has been on our planet for a very, very long time. And, and then you look at the tens of thousands of articles written about it. It is just amazing. And, and the positive response that people who have been suffering from pain, who have problems sleeping, people with migraine headaches, um, the, the stories are there. Uh, the, the, the system, the medical system that we're dealing with is really, they, many doctors, medical doctors call their own system archaic because of the slow progression, the slow changes they're going through because of all the money invested in machineries and medications, they are so slow to make any changes. And to me, it is just, uh, we, we have to give this back to the people for self-care and, and let it happen. And uh, to me, it works like molasses right now. It is, uh, we're, whole, we're being held back to really accelerate in our own health. Yeah, it's it's really amazing that the new things we're discovering every day that CBD is beneficial for, and a lot of them that, that we're aware of is pain and inflammation. And I got a call about a year ago um, from a, a, a company that we actually purchased capsules from, and uh, the, the gentleman was telling me that their company manufactures CBD capsules, but their, their oil is different than ours, so they bought our oil for his mother and she's actually now using it for allergies in Florida, huh. where CBD, we've known inflammation and pain and cancer cells. Never in a million years would I thought it actually works for allergies, but she's no longer taking her Zyrtec and her Claritin and using CBD when it's 
high pollen season. So really every day I think we're having new discoveries on what CBD can be used for, and we have our endocannabinoid system to thank for its communication with the body. Right, and I've also read that it helps with leaky gut syndrome, which is connected with autoimmune diseases. There's some research done that pretty much all autoimmunity uh, immune disorders have been related to uh, leaky gut syndrome, and CBD seems to help to heal the leaky gut. So that's another great discovery. 522-8255. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining the program. You're live with Dave uh, Hargett. Uh, hi, Dave. Um, hi there. One of the one of the things that I just wanted to highlight, I, I think that the reason we're going to continue to find the many ways in which CBD oil helps is because we do have this cannabinoid system throughout our bodies. Then it makes sense that when you supplement and nourish this system. I find it astounding how the marijuana plant is making more inroads than the hemp plant. In the marijuana plant, they have taken out a lot of the CBD oil because it tends to tamper down the high. Um, Correct. Um, it almost seems to me that it's looped in with the marijuana plant, and therefore it, they consider it the same thing. Well, that's... Yeah. Hemp plant does not belong as a Schedule One drug. It's not even a drug, period. It's a plant. You cannot get high if you try. So, no, and, and that's but what they're I, trying to classify CBD as a Schedule One now under the new DEA ruling, which makes no sense. And that's why I'm so glad that you're having this show, and maybe it'll get people curious. And so I guess my question was also about the CBD oil that comes from the hemp plant. Yeah. And the question is, the oil that you have or that you provide, it does not come at all from the marijuana plant? It just comes from hemp plants? Yes, they are the same plant, but it just has a different level of THC. So if you were to grow a female industrial hemp plant, and a marijuana plant, they would look almost identical. It would have the same leaf structure. Hemp would probably be a little bit taller because it's cannabis sativa, where a lot of hemp is indica, where it's short and fatter. But the plant would look exactly the same. It would smell the same. It would be all the same, except it would not contain THC. It would contain less than 0.3%, and now some of the new hemp is bred with more CBD. But in terms of actually looking at the two plants, they are absolutely identical. And your and your your uh, CBD oil comes from hemp plants. Yeah, not- industrial yes, hemp. Yes, grown in Spain. For the federal legality of it, yes, we grow from what's classified as industrial hemp, meaning that it only can it contains less than 0.3 percent THC. So if you do smoke it or consume it it's not going to have a psychoactive effect. And I think the reason a lot of people lump it together was back in the 60s and 70s when they started the Reefer Madness campaign that uh, most of the older folks today, they associate the two together. And I get calls from people all the time saying, I'm trying to get my dad on CBD, and all he says is I want nothing to do with marijuana. And a lot of people aren't having that disconnect that, yes, it's the same plant, the same components, but it will not get you high. And a lot of it was due to the prop 
propaganda of reefer madness and doctors saying, no, you can't have marijuana, it's bad for you, it's a drug, and people aren't having that disconnect that, yes, you can have the same plant, but you can remove the psychoactive properties from it and just focus on the medicinal properties. Yeah. Uh, and the other question that I had in your experience, what is the success rate with people with chronic diseases? Because I think that that's a huge problem in this country that keeps getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And is is there a time where maybe people just go off of it? Go off of it? You mean like uh, stop taking CBD yeah, oil? Yeah, that their system is restored to such a level that maybe they don't, or, or they just have well, to... Well, in the little video I just played, it talks about low-dose to start, let the CBD system, the endocannabinoid system, remember what it can do for you. So low dose is a good way to start and just work your way up and you are starting to activate all the receptor sites on the cells. So these cells can now are ready to receive larger doses if needed um, for all kinds of ailments. Is that yeah, and it say, makes Dave? it makes the system it makes the system more efficient. But I think what 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 she's meaning by is can can you take it and cure yourself of something um, by taking it over a long period of time? And what what one of the problems with that is so take our arthritis for example, and that's not a disease, but that's inflammation within in the joints. CBD helps with the inflammation, so yes, you can say it can cure arthritis. But what's going to make it come back is the person doing the same range of motion they were doing that caused that arthritis to uh, to begin with. So it will help with certain diseases. It will help with certain things. Um, it will help with killing cells. But sometimes that stuff can come back because it's other things that the person is doing that is causing those triggers to keep it from or to keep it reoccurring. So... Have you heard of, like, maybe helping people that are elderly? Anybody can get help from this. Well, it's like you say, it's like somebody that's elderly, how they get very stiff and it's hard for them to move and such, you know. Well, one of the things it says is that the, uh, the, the endocannabinoid system works across organ lines so you can have different organs the neural the 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 nerves communicate with muscles communicate with hormones communicate with skin cells and it is because of this system the reason why many people get sick in my opinion dave correct me is that the there is a disconnect between the different systems the endocannabinoid system when operating in full force is connecting the dots between all the different systems in our body and therefore it can make, uh, make us overall more healthy, better communication. And, uh, and that is why when even when elderly people were to use it, it simply starts to re- reinvigorate a system that uh, when not working correctly causes rapid aging. Yes, but they do need to keep taking it to keep that system charged. It's kind of like a fuel for our body. Yeah. The system is there, the, the injectors, the carburetor, if you want to use motor terms, are there ready to take the fuel. We have a little bit of it producing in our bodies, but when we ingest CBD, we're supercharging our system. We're bringing everything back to life with a lot more energy, a lot more vigor, which that's when we start to see a lot of improvement in, in things. But it does have to be continually 
taken. And that's where you, you were touching on earlier is so many people are used to taking something once they're sick. We need to go back and change that mentality and start taking things before we're sick so we don't get to that state. Yeah. The interesting thing, too, is, Dave, is that uh, apparently, apparently the plant itself uses its own THC and other cannabinoids uh, to promote its own health and to prevent disease. So it works on its own immune system through the antioxidant properties of the, uh, the, can- uh, the, the cannabinoids. Yes, correct. That's really interesting too. Now, uh, I know we're coming close again to a break, but the, there is something that is called the CB1 and the CB2 receptors. Uh, what can you tell us about that? So the CB1 receptors, um, those are also those are found throughout the body, but most of those are present in the brain and the spinal cord. Okay, and that's what um, really helps with with pain. It helps with neurological function, memory, and things like that. And then your CB2 is more within your nervous system, and that's what helps more with your immune cells and and your anti-inflammatory wow. and inflammation and disease and and. Uh, condition. So both of those work in in conjunction together with CBD. And then there's actually quite a few studies on the CB1 and CB2 receptors with caryophylline helping with pain, inflammation. Um, And there also there's a study where the CB2 receptor with caryophylline can help prevent neurotoxicity with poisoning of the kidneys for anti um, through anti cancer and chemotherapy drugs. I see. That is uh, now caryophylline. That was the uh, terpene. That is one of the the smells or flavors in in a plant that yes. helps to enhance. It's a flavonoid uh, that helps to enhance the benefits of the uh, CBD itself. Yes, correct. All right. Wow, lots of information, and we will be back right after the break. There is so much to say about what the, the company Innovative CBD. And I, I don't want to, I, I love to talk with you about research and about the immune system, the cannabinoid system, because it is so important. But at the same time, we need to, uh, I like to let people know that you have a very special method. Some, some of it is proprietary. And would you mind talking about some of that? Yeah, definitely. So as, as we're talking about CBD, CBDA, and the terpenes, those are all present in the hemp plant. Now we have to find a way to extract those through an extraction process to, to then put that in, into a product. And one of the things is, is, is how do we remove it from the plant and keep and maintain its integrity? And that's where I went ahead about five years ago and started researching CO2 extraction and different extraction methods on how to try and pull those compounds from the plant and maintain the integrity of them. And through all the research that I saw and all the competitors, um, the the competitors' uh, extraction technology that I looked into, I saw that everybody on the market was pretty much doing the same thing. They they were doing a, a very volatile extraction using chemicals and solvents then they were going through and refining those those essential oils that they extracted from the plant using chemicals and solvents. And I knew that there had to be a better way to do that without the use of a solvent. So I designed and invented my own supercritical CO2 extraction machine. Wow. Now, what a lot of people need to be aware of 
is as a lot of competitors and people out there all say they have CO2. Yes, CO2 machines exist. Competitors all use CO2 technology, but it's how they operate that system that makes innovative much different. Um, we use a system that uses very low pressures. We do everything in very small craft batches. So the machines that I've uh, actually invented contain or, or they, they house um, the hemp material in what's called a pressure vessel. That pressure vessel is about five liters in volume oh. and would contain, if filled to the top, about three pounds of hemp. Okay. We only run about a pound and a half of hemp to ensure a very efficient extraction. And then also in our in our solvent that we use as carbon dioxide, we rebring in a pharmaceutical grade carbon dioxide, so it's as pure as possible. There's no other contaminants in it. Then when we run that CO2 through our system, we actually use it in liquid form instead of gas, which many of our competitors do. And a lot of CO2 systems on the market, they recirculate that carbon dioxide through the system where we actually vent it to atmosphere because having a pure solvent, it's only pure once. So it goes through our extraction technology into our pump, pressurizes into the vessel, then drops into the separator where we collect our CBD essential oil. And in doing this way and not recirculating, in using lower pressures and using a liquid CO2 opposed to a gas, we're able to harness um, more of the the beneficial compounds of the industrial hemp plant, which is your CBD, your CBDA, and your terpenes. Then what we do next is we take that oil from our extraction technology and put it in what's called a laminar flow hood, which is basically just a sterile air circulation device um, where we allow the, the emulsified CO2 in the oil to just naturally evaporate. And how, where, how, did, how uh, did you call that? How did you call that? It's called a laminar flow hood. Laminar flow hood. It's basically just a laminar flow hood. It's just a sterile air environment. Hmm. So we have no secondary processing whatsoever. It, it, it's, CO2 is ran through our technology one time, then vented to atmosphere, then that pure CBD oil is is then transferred into a sterile environment where the CO2 that's emulsified into the CBD oil naturally evaporates within a sterile environment. Then we take that pure oil and start manufacturing products with it where pretty much every single competitor on the market, after they're done with their CO2 extraction, and a lot of them use what's called a, a co-solvent, where during their CO2 process, they're actually injecting ethanol or hexane into the pressure vessel to help increase yields on the extraction. But as they increase their yields, they're also extracting unwanted components, which could be excess chlorophyll, waxes, and lipids, and undesirable things that we want in our oil, which then leads our competitor going back and doing what's called a refinement process, oh. where they then introduce a hexane or an alcohol into their CBD oil, they then filter it, run it through charcoal filters. Um, then they have to heat that product up to remove that solvent. So they're focusing mainly only on the one CBD component, which is CBD. And through that heating process, they decarboxylate the acid molecule. So they're only left with CBD, which is, in, in, in my opinion, more of a synthetic form because you're not having the rest of the plant compounds. And we're able to maintain all of the naturally occurring plant compounds because we don't have any secondary processes. 
We don't add any solvents. We don't do any filtration. There's no vacuum oven. There, there's nothing to disrupt the initial integrity of our oil after our initial extraction process. Wow. That is very, very amazing. Just amazing. Uh, we have a caller on hold who would like to join in today. Good morning, caller. Thanks for waiting. It was a long explanation, but very important. What is your name? How can we help you, please? My name is Shelby. Shelby. <clears throat> Thank you, Shelby. Yeah. And um, I am a mom of three and a wife and a kindergarten teacher. And I was introduced uh, to Innovative from a friend. And it was after a long battle of over a year and a half of migraines that um, were very debilitating almost daily. Oh. And um, um, we try, I tried everything, um, acupuncture, uh, injections, um, you name it, I tried it. I tried the craziest things, Atlas. I tried, I mean, everything. I tried everything that they had. All the doctors prescribed pain pills, everything. Did you try hanging upside down? (laughs) I tried everything, honestly. No, I did. I tried everything. And as soon as I tried this CBD from him, um, I'm telling you within a week, I had relief. And I started taking it twice a day, just the tincture full once in the morning and once in, at night. And it was the only thing that gave me my life back, honestly. Wow. Um, yeah. Honestly, I, and, Were you and, taking the 100 milligram? Yes. Okay, awesome. Morning, so a very low dose. Very low dose. In one, one in the morning, one at night. And, um, and, and as much as I don't like to admit, I was in a very dark place. Yeah. And it was frightening. It was very scary. And I, I honestly got my life back from this. I really did. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yes. Now, Shelby, oh, you, you said you said you started with a low dose. You did the uh, the one the hundred milligram tincture, which means there is uh, I think thirty servings in there. Is that right, Dave? Correct, mm-hmm. correct. So, so that means that uh, one serving is three point three milligrams of CBD, and uh, then you did that in the morning and at night. So you took about six milligrams a day. Is that about right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And. Yes. Uh, so this is then something you started, to, from what I understand from today's program, you literally started to activate your own endocannabinoid system, which is now becoming probably you're going to start seeing benefits in other parts of your body as well. Right. Yeah, because like I was saying, like the, the dark place I was in, I think it helps like with, you know, anxiety, depression. Yeah. I think it helps with not, you know, with the pain. With, with everything, every part of my body. So, um, yeah, it really got my life back within, within a week. <laughs> wow. And the, so only glad thing, that. the only thing that made a difference, and I'm talking, you know, the, the medication to, you know, trying holistic stuff as far as, you know, going to, you know, vitamins or the things that the holistic doctor was giving me. And then, and then, you know, acupuncture and massage and everything. I'm mm. telling you everything. Epidural wow. injections and nerve blocks. Sorry. Oh, nerve blocks. Okay. Nerve blocks. Yeah. Nerve yeah. blocks. I tried everything. Huh. Nothing helped. So I, I wow. owe my life to him. So I thank him. Thank him. Thank him. 
Oh, no problem. Thank it's, you. It's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> well, thank you, Shelby. I hope it will continue to uh, improve the quality of your life. Yes, it has, and it will. I, I'm, I stand by that. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for sharing your experience, and I'm so glad that it was able to work. And what's nice, and I hope everyone really kind of listens to, is is the low dosage that only six milligrams of CBD, with all that you went through, was able to uh, help. So it goes to show our bodies just need very, very small amounts of it. Perfect. Well, thank you, Shelby, for the call. Yeah, thank yeah. you very much. Okay, bye-bye. 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 Wow, that is, uh, that's a great story. And I, I, hear, I hear more stories of people with migraine headaches who are just within, in Shelby's case, a week. Uh, I have heard it in as little as two or three days. Um, and for people who have suffered for so long, to find this relief is just fantastic. It's uh, so important. And that is just one of the disorders. We see it with people with back pain, neck pain, uh, sleep problems, inflammation in general, after accidents, traumatic experiences. It it calms down the nervous system. Um, you probably, well, I mentioned earlier, it, it has the capability to help cells uh, eat themselves if it is a malignant cell. So that's yep. why people are saying that when you have cancer, it has shown to 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 go after rogue cells, but it doesn't negatively affect a healthy cell. So no, in- I keep- go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was, I was going going to say a, a good example that that I use when talking to uh, a lot of people about how it affects the cancer cells is. There's, there's also receptors between the body that communicate with the cancer cells, the bad cells, and the CBD will actually go in and block that communication. So if you kind of look at a baby developing in the womb of, of, of a woman, the baby, the cancer cell, if you went and cut that umbilical cord, you're going to stop the communication with the body. You're going to stop nursing those cells, which then cause them to die. And that's what the CBD does through the endocannabinoid system. Mm you start reading about the endocannabinoid system and what it does uh, you can go on the internet i went to a site that says and the endocannabinoid system for dummies so if i can understand it then trust me you can as well so learn more about it see that this is part of us as i mentioned in the first hour they have discovered that the endocannabinoid system starts already when a fetus is growing and attaching itself to the uterine wall. That's when it starts to develop. So this is a system that is with us from before we're born all the way to the day we die. The point is, are we able and willing to nourish that system? So the endocannabinoid system, the cells have uh, cannab- cannabinoid receptor sites and so by taking cannabinoids in food and there are other foods that, such as echinacea which contain small amounts of uh, cannabinoids but if you use the industrial hemp that Dave Hargett is talking about not the marijuana plant that we're talking about but he explained in the beginning industrial hemp female plants male plants uh, cross uh, breeding uh, how this all works is fascinating then you can actually give food to the system. If you look at it as food and really as a dietary supplement, not as a medicine, but as a supplement, you give it to the system 
and let the system start repairing itself, recharging itself. And maybe, Dave, I don't know for sure, but maybe because that system is so young and fresh at a young age, maybe that is one of the reasons why young people heal so quickly. And over time, we have a harder time healing from cuts and scrapes and diseases. When we get sick, we stay sick longer. Is, is there a link, perhaps? I think definitely. There's definitely a link there. The system is shut down. It's been away from cannabinoids for a long period of time, and, and that, that starts to slow our healing process as we get older. Hmm. One thing I, I want to really stress on the endocannabinoid system and with CBD, and in Shelby's case, where she said it took about a week for her to see benefits, and yeah. she experienced cases in a couple days. I've had people within a couple hours. One thing that's new that, that we're discovering in the endocannabinoid system is also that everybody's endocannabinoid system is different. So CBD is not a medicine that as we do have our recommendations on, on the bottle is what we recommend as a dose and how many times a day to take it, everybody's body is going to be different. Totally. So they really need to also understand their body when they take it and play with it. Sometimes 3.3 milligrams is going to be too much for somebody. They may actually need to cut that dose in half, or someone may actually need to double it. So you need to be able to work with your system, because a lot of people I've noticed in in this industry have had calls from stores and gone, well, a customer brought the product, and it didn't work for them. And they tried it one time. Well, we did what the bottle said once, and it didn't work. This is something that may take a little bit of time as you get your endocannabinoid system kick-started. There could be certain things in your diet, stress in your life that has um, taken an effect on your endocannabinoid system and suppressed it further. So you really need to play with your dosage, play with the frequency of it, give the product a chance to stimulate that system. Yeah, totally. And and I, I think also we have a call on hold. We'll get to the call on just a moment. But I think part of it, Dave, what you're saying is everybody, every person has its own experience from a young age. Uh, it could be traumatic experiences, uh, such as emotionally. It could be physical trauma, accidents, incidents, um, whatever it is, uh, sports injuries, uh, abuse, um, being in a very negative environment, uh, having allergies these combinations probably start to affect that endocannabinoid system because we're not feeding it from day one after we're born. We're not nourishing Correct. it. So, and I want to talk to you about that. We have a, like I said, we have a call. I want to get the person on, but we, I want to understand who can all take it. Can be, and obviously adults can take it, but can young children take it? So think about that. We, we get back to that. Uh, good morning, caller. Thanks for joining the program today. What is your name, and how can we help you, please? My name is Donnie. Hey, Jacoby. Hey, Donnie. How you doing? Doing well. Thank you, Donnie. Listen, I just listened to your uh, last caller, that testimony she just gave. Yeah. And uh, where, do you, where where's your store? I'm coming down to get some of that for my wife. You know, we're on North 19th Avenue. You know where Bed Bath & Beyond is? I'll be down there a little while later. I'm yeah, we're just just around the corner <laughs> next to Subway Sandwiches. All right. Well, this sounds really good. We, um, yeah, we need some help. Thank you. Well, you bet. Thanks for the call. Appreciate Bye. it. Thanks, Bye, Johnny. Uh, that's great. You know, God, you know, if we can help people this way, something simple. I love to sell supplements. Don't get me wrong. But many times I talk to people simply about simple solutions. If there is one product that they can take and start with, and look 
if they can see a difference within a week or within two or three weeks? Is it worth the time? Um, you can buy a lot of vitamins and sometimes that for some people that works, but it doesn't always mean that everything works for you. You just feel better and you stick with it. But this is a whole new dimension, in my opinion, working with CBD oil uh, to help a system that we don't nourish usually. And it's something the whole family can benefit from, from a kid to middle-aged person to an elder adult to someone experiencing something to someone not. One thing that's, that's great is I meet a lot of people who say, well, I have nothing wrong with me, so how do I benefit from CBD? They can start taking it in a matter of weeks. They notice they're sleeping better. Their spouse is saying they're interacting with them better. They're not having uh, mood swings. Yes. Um, their, their joints aren't hurting. So even for people that say they're not experiencing any type of ailments, they can still benefit from CBD because I guarantee you there's something going on there and CBD will help with your endocannabinoid system and your body will just function much more efficiently. It, uh, I saw indeed, Dave, that it helps people <laughs> to to get away from stuck thinking, uh, from uh, you know being tunnel vision about what life is all about. It helps people to to ease their mind, change their mind a little bit, be more open for other opinions. I thought that was that was really interesting. That's what we all need a little bit of, of in my opinion. So, yep, uh, and it can help with productiveness. I had one story which was pretty funny. I work with a K five teacher. Yeah, and um, oh, just some music for us. The music is starting, but go ahead. You want to say it in the next hour? Is it? Yeah, yeah, time? I, def I def definitely can. It's just about uh, improving brain function and certain things that CBD triggers that people aren't always aware of of, of an effect that it's going to have on them oh perfect we're going to share that uh, with the listeners i appreciate you're with us today we hope you stay with us all the way till 11 o'clock we are going to be right back in the very first hour dave was talking about the lumber industry and the cotton industry that many decades ago said that there was too much competition from the hemp industry uh the building industry apparently um, could, we could make houses from hemp much cheaper and wouldn't have to clear cut uh, so many forests. And, and so then in the, in the clothing industry and in the healing industry, like we do with the CBD oil, there are many, many benefits from the extracts of the industrial hemp plant. So this is not marijuana that we're talking about. The, the, the THC, when you talk about CBD, that is very, very low percentage, about less than 0.3% is maybe THC because you cannot completely separate it, but it is not like 20, 30, 40% that you find in some of the products in medical marijuana. So in a way, they're from the same plant. On the other hand, they're two different products. Is that fair to say, Dave? Good morning to you. Yes, yes, good morning. Yes, they are from the same exact plant. They grow very similar, same characteristics. It's just a different percentage of the psychoactive component THC. Correct. And so the THC also works on the endocannabinoid system, but has its own function. The, the, the cannabinoid system, the CBD oil that we're talking about, is, is, has, it, has a much broader function, in my opinion, than just the THC. 
It does, but in, in in a lot of research that's starting to come out, and what I've experienced as well, because I do also own a cannabis THC manufacturing business in California, yeah. is you do have some synergy with the two. And you did mention epilepsy and the story of the uh, little girl. Now, what a lot of people aren't aware of is that the product she was actually taking was higher in THC than oh, it CBD. Was. Okay. And the news will not portray that um, due to some political reasons for the company that released that product. But mm. in actual reality, and, and most people aren't aware, but I am because I've, I've worked with people that are aware of that company and some certain things have come to light over the last couple of years, that um, in, in really helping with epilepsy, because I don't want parents or people to get a misunderstanding of it, you do want minor amounts of THC there. So it is almost just as beneficial as CBD and even more beneficial when you pair the two compounds together. And that's why our product does still contain trace amounts of THC. It is below the federal limit, but that is there because that's what helps create the entourage effect with the oil. And when you throw THC at the endocannabinoid system as well as CBD and the terpenes, it uh, functions even more effectively. Yeah. I have three texts I'm going to throw at you, Dave. One question okay. from a very faithful listener says, what can be symptoms if you would take too much? Can it be harmful then? Um, we've heard from some people possibly feeling nauseous in taking too much, but that's that really depends on each person as well, because CBD has been has been um, used to treat nausea in cancer patients. But I have heard that before. But it's it's a lot like protein, and the human body can only absorb so much protein at a time. Then the rest is expelled to waste. And CBD is pretty much the same exact way. From what we've seen, a body can absorb maybe about twenty milligrams max at a time. And then whatever else the body doesn't absorb, it's just wasted out through the digestive tract. But okay. there actually are no no real side effects of ingesting too much CBD. Okay. Uh, so it is not that if you were to use CBD, maybe let's say too much, and you would be driving, that you would be considered under the influence? Not at all. You may feel sleepy. Um, it, it could create a sedative effect because of the re, uh, relaxation properties of CBD and the mercine terpene, but it will not create a psychoactive effect like consuming too much THC, no. You will not be singing karaoke in the car? Not at all. Okay. okay. Uh, not a question. What about uh, topical applications? So topical applications are an amazing, amazing application for CBD. Excuse me. And that's one thing that my company does focus on is different delivery methods. Now, topically, um, so, so many people are used to taking a pill to treat something within their body. But when you have a chance to apply a topical, you're able to localize that treatment to a specific source or to a specific type of impact. Inflammation, and our company makes two different products for topical use, actually three. Um, one is our Ova Muscle Rub, and we use organic menthol crystals to help break, break through the skin barrier and deliver the CBD directly to the inflammation, um, which could be caused by arthritis, restless leg syndrome, sciatica, fibromyalgia, and things like that. Huh. 
Um, then we also have another topical, which is our salve product, and that uses CBD paired with a lot of essential oils to actually help with skin inflammation and skin conditions that you would see on the skin, like psoriasis, rashes, eczema, dry skin, and things of that sort. Hmm. Okay, wonderful. So it, it can be applied topically, and that is primarily for people when it is localized, you would say that? Yes. Okay. Yes, if you have back pain, anything like that, if you have a specific part of your body where you know that pain hurts, that's where you want to take a topical. Ingesting internally is still beneficial as, as you get the, the endocannabinoid system regulating more efficiently, but then you can also double it up by sending those cannabinoids directly to the uh, source of okay. inflammation. <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So the the dose in the salve that you have, uh, how much in is in? I don't know how that works really because it depends how much you put on, right? How big the area is. Yeah, our two ounce salve. We we have a two ounce and a half ounce, and our two ounce salve contains seventy milligrams of CBD with a whole slew of other essential oils as well that have great anti-inflammatory and healing properties. Um, but it really, it, it, we, we don't break it down into a serving size to apply per skin. Um, it's just use liberally, use as needed. Um, obviously, you don't want to cake a big old glob on some eczema, but you just want to want to rub it in like you would any standard cream and it'll soak in through the skin it won't leave the skin leaving um it won't leave like a greasy or or an oily texture our products will rub directly into the skin so soak in the skin membrane and uh, deliver the cbd directly to the source well that that takes me to the next question then Uh, can you use cbd oils for skin rashes or prostate enlargement problems. So let's talk about the skin rashes first. Uh, Different skin rashes, different issues, I would say. Yep. So two totally different things. Yes, um, we've had a lot of feedback and people can go to our website and actually click on salve and read some of the reviews and feedback from our customers. But skin rashes are something that CBD is really good at curing in a topical because you're treating the inflammation directly at the source there. And um, yes, it, it works great for cuts, scrapes, burns, psoriasis, dry skin. Um, CBD is also an antibacterial. Uh-huh. And I have a, a little story. Um, I was in Curacao two years ago, and I got a, a hangnail on my thumb that I, I reluctantly bit. And it actually became so infected that my left hand, I could not even close. I wow. could no, I pretty much had no movement in my, in my left hand. And I'm the type of person that dreads going to a doctor. Um, and I was probably about six months into creating CBD products. I had my salve with me, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and put the salve on it. And within two days, I had full range of motion in my hand back. The hangnail completely healed. The infection went away. Um, so not only with skin rashes, but with infections, um, bacterial infections, it's also very, very beneficial. I see. How about uh, the other question, prostate enlargement? And um, on prostate enlargement, we have been um, working with, with some people, um, tracking their PSA numbers and taking We are seeing a, a reduction in it, a reduction in the swelling and the inflammation there. And uh, one of the things they can do, and um, maybe a little too much 
information, but our tincture, we have uh, some gentlemen we've gotten feedback in and emails on where they're actually taking it rectally and treating the inflammation of the prostate basically directly at the source, kind of the same how you would apply the topical to a rash. You can take the CBD tincture rectally and help treat the inflammation with the prostate directly. Would you put it in a capsule or would you do that straight? You can do that straight in liquid form or you can do a capsule as well. I mean a capsule with liquid inside. Correct, correct. Yes, okay, we, like we a make suppository. a three and six milligram capsule that can be used as a suppository. Okay, so you would use the capsule, not you wouldn't use the tincture for this then? You could do both. Okay. If if if, if someone has a sur- access to a syringe and doesn't mind the liquid, yeah. um, you can do that. Or if they want to do a capsule, it's just preference on delivery method. All right. Now, when... Um we also, some of the ways that you have a product, uh, you have vapes, capsules, you have your drops that we talk about. I was uh, was going to ask you a, a couple of questions before we go into the different methods. Uh, can it be used during pregnancy? As I mentioned earlier, it is available. Uh, it always starts to be made in the uh, fetal uh, at a very young age, in the fetus. And uh, so before a baby is born, long before it is born, can a mother take CBD oil during pregnancy? From our experience, yes. I know we've got a lot of mothers that are doing it, and I just want to be careful in what I say there. I don't want to get in trouble with the FDA or anything like that. But, uh, yes, we have had um, a lot of mothers use our product. It, it's helped with, with stress. Um, all types of things that are associated with, with pregnancy, with regulating that, that system. Um, so we haven't seen any negative side effects. CBD is not a drug. I really kind of want, want to express that. It's not a drug. It's not a medicine. It's like what you said earlier, it's a dietary supplement. It's something our body needs to help regulate the system. It would be equivalent to taking your natural vitamins or a salad basically and wouldn't have any interaction with the pregnancy it wouldn't cause anything negative on the baby whatsoever does it help with morning sickness it can yes it's definitely used as an anti-nausea they started discovering that back in the early 90s um, with with cancer patients and and AIDS patients from the drugs that it, it they, um, from the drugs they were using, it was creating a lot of nausea. They found out CBD helps with nausea, irritable bowel syndrome, and it would be very beneficial. Hmm. Okay. How about uh, people who are already on medications? Can it have a contraindication with other medications or therapies? We have done uh, some reading that it can possibly lower blood pressure. Um, but in terms of main interactions with other drugs, um, I, I suggest you talk to your physician, um, do some of your research as well, because chances are there's somebody out there who's put something online that's maybe taking a drug that you're taking and has added CBD to it and has shared their experience. But from our experience, from the feedback we've gotten from our customers and from uh, a lot of our per personal uses with it, there are no direct interactions with any drug because all you're doing is providing something to your body that it's already used to getting and you're just stimulating our existing 
system. You're not going in there and manipulating anything. You're not trying to adulter the body's functions in any way. You're just trying to make them more efficient. Yeah, and I know that it is important to talk to your physician. However, the majority of physicians are not educated on the benefits of CBD because it's not part of their curriculum, and they may be a little hesitant to uh, to approve it. But that yeah, is why I that. agree with you. Go on the internet, look if you find some blogs uh, where people are communicating about this, and um, and then find out if this would be a good thing for you. Because I understand that for some people it could have a little bit of an effect, maybe on the liver, if they take too much, perhaps. You have possibly. Heard um, we haven't done too many studies on 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 the uh, liver there, but with our medication and our recommendations of dosages are so low, I don't think it would affect the liver at all. And it could be possibly other products because they do refine with alcohol and hexane that may be taxing on the uh, liver. Oh, yes. But with our product being all natural and no solvents, um, I don't think there would be any reaction with the, with the liver. At- at all. Hmm. Now, would you... Con- yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to mention on, on what, what, what you talked about in talking to your physicians, and people really do need to be aware that physicians are not educated in this whatsoever. Um, most doctors don't even want to discuss the topic, and I just recently went through that with a dog that I have um, that was paralyzed or became paralyzed Three weeks ago, I was on a business trip in Florida visiting my retailers, and when I got home, my miniature pincher of uh, 15 years old was paralyzed in her rear leg. She could not walk whatsoever, so we took her to a vet, and uh, they wanted to put her on steroids. They wanted to put her on anti-inflammatories, and I tried to discuss our pet tincture with the vet and its anti-inflammatory properties and coconut oil and pumpkin oil and oat oil and the benefits and how beneficial that may be. And the vet basically told me, Dave, I don't recommend any of that. I don't want to see your animal on any of that. This is what we recommend because this is what we're trained in. And I ended up leaving the veterinary office using none of what the doctor prescribed to my dog and uh, stuck with our pet tincture three and a half weeks later, my paralyzed dog is now back walking again. (laughs) So I don't want people to be discouraged that if their doctor is not educated, um, trust yourself, trust some of the research that's out there and know that this is helping people, whether your doctor recommends it or not. I see. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. Um, I know we're coming again back to up to a break, the last break here, Dave. But I do want to talk with you in the next half hour also. Is this an omega-3 or an omega-6 oil? Does it fall in the category of flax oil and chia seed oil that have both omega-3 and omega-6s in it? Or is it really a plant-based oil that uh, that is primarily an omega-6? And so uh, I don't know if you have any information on that. I would like to know that because that is uh, a lot of people who are listening are have become aware of the benefits of uh, of nutritional oils for their overall health. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Dave, uh, one of the things that you have is vapes. And and that people think vapes, well, that means I got to smoke it. Uh, explain that to us. Is this, uh, how does a vape work? Who would use it? And what is something that, uh, it, does it go over the lungs? 
Yeah, so we have two different vaporization products. We have what we call our pre-filled CBD vape, which is a glass vaporizer cartridge that contains about 0.6 milliliters of CBD oil at a content of 40 milligrams. So if you look at our tincture bottle in terms of volume and milligram size, our tincture bottle is one ounce, 30 milliliters, and it contains 100 milligrams of CBD. Our vape cart is 0.6 ml, so about 45 times smaller, and it contains 40 milligrams of CBD. So it's a very high ratio. And uh, where people associate vaping to smoking, that's you're not actually smoking the material. You're heating it slightly to vaporize it, which has many beneficial effects. Um, we have a lot of people that use it for migraine headaches. Um, it can also help asthma sufferers. There was a study done a couple years ago where vaporizing CBD actually helps um, break down scar tissue inside the lungs so the customer can actually have higher oxygen intake. Um, it's also used in lung cancer patients because where we talk about localizing the treatment, you're bringing the CBD directly into the lungs where the cancer may be. Um, and then we also have people using it to uh, help stop smoking cigarettes because they have that, that craving to want to smoke, to want to inhale, and then the CBD creates or has medicinal benefits. Then on top of the CBD cartridge, we also have what's called our vape. And that's more the, the novelty side of smoking, where I'm sure a lot of people have seen uh, the e-cigarettes that are going around, these big vaporizers that people are using. We developed a product to be used within those vaporizers so people can start substituting their, their nicotine, because what a lot of people haven't realized is when you pick up a vape juice that has nicotine, and let's say it's strawberry, blueberry, pumpkin cake, pumpkin pie, it has a flavor. They're actually consuming more nicotine because they're smoking more frequently. Mm. So we developed a CBD product that they can implement into their vaping routine, which still will create an uplifting cerebral positive effect without them smoking nicotine. I see. So for people who vape, if people who don't smoke think about vaping, they shouldn't have to worry about the health of their lungs. Not at all. No, it is very healthy, very beneficial. We have a lot of customers that use it for migraine headaches yeah. um, where the CBD tincture works. But as Shelby described earlier in the program, it took about a week for her to uh, start seeing results because it had to kickstart her endocannabinoid system. Her body had to get used CBD, where when you vaporize it, you're taking it directly into your lungs, directly into your bloodstream. And uh, for people that are going through severe migraine headaches, panic attacks, yeah. a vape is an amazing delivery method for something instantaneous. And so how many, let's call them puffs, how many puffs would somebody take? So, so that's kind of a difficult one to uh, answer, but what's nice with vaping is they can take one puff, one, one in, in, inhalation, and then over two to three minutes, see how that is affecting them. Then they could take a, a second or a third and determine how many they're going to need to reach the desired effect because everybody's endocannabinoid system is different, and also everybody's puff size is going to be different. So they need to go low and slow, just like they would in taking the tincture or any other product. Take one puff as, as at whatever size they feel comfortable with, because some people 
will cough as they're not used to inhaling vapor, and then see what how, how they're feeling, evaluate that, and see if they need to add a second, third, fourth, or fifth possibly. Okay, perfect. So wait about two, three minutes before you take the next one. Yes, yes. Okay, and it's something they're not going to overdose on. It's not going to create any unwanted effects so they can consume more if they want. But the more they consume, the more of the product they're going to use, and chances are develop a higher tolerance. So you want to make sure that, that you consume or puff just enough to um, get the desired effect that they're looking to achieve. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, we have a caller on hold. Good morning, caller. Thanks for holding on there. What's your name? How can we help you? Yeah, this is your old buddy, Lynn Heiser. Hey, Lynn. Good to hear from you. Well, I've been very sick. Ah. I have I haven't slept for about two weeks, more than about an hour a night, yeah. and my anxiety and panic is just out of control. Huh. What would he recommend? So if you haven't slept, anxiety is really bad. I would get on the CBD tincture. Start with our 100 milligram, um, but you may actually have to go up to our 5. And then what I would recommend for an instantaneous effect to help with anxiety is our lozenge. So CBD is all all about getting it into the body as efficiently as possible. So when you take a tincture, you're taking it sublingually. It's absorbing into the mucous membranes of your mouth, getting into your bloodstream, but you're still swallowing a portion of that. Where when you take our lozenge, you're actually micro-dosing. So when we talk low and slow, you're taking very minute amount of CBD over a period of about 15 minutes. So I I would say start with our 100 milligram tincture on a daily routine. And if you're having a panic attack, anxiety, very severe at that moment, reach to one of our our lozenges. And that's where I think you'll find um, the the most fast, um, effective relief. And those are 20 milligrams in one lozenge, right? It's no, it's twenty milligrams in in four lozenges. Oh, five milligrams. Five milligrams. Each. Okay. Yes, we still keep our dosages very very low. Um, that one's a little more than than our tincture at five milligrams. Okay. Because uh, I was uh, to the hospital last week, emergency room, and they gave me some Lexapro, and it just about drove me to suicide. Yeah, because that's not that's not you, Lynn. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't take <laughs> any of that stuff. Yes. Wow. No drugs whatsoever. Take our lozenge. I can almost guarantee you take our lozenge in a matter of 10 minutes, you will feel a calming effect throughout your entire body. And I could lay down and sleep maybe? Yes. And if the 100 milligram doesn't work, try with different dosages also. Start with one full dropper. Maybe go to two. And if you find that not working, depending on what other medications you may be on, high levels of stress, you may have to go into the 500, uh, the 500 milligram. Definitely exhaust the 100 milligram first before you, you up the uh, dosage and okay. definitely look into our uh, lozenges. Those are going to have the fastest effect. Okay. I'm very, I'm very sensitive, so I just have to be careful. It sounds like it's not... No, low, low dose, low dose. That's what he talks Everything about. Everything we do is very, very low dosages, and you're not going to have any negative side effects. It really starts to affect uh, the entire endocannabinoid system, Lynn, and that means that by going low and slow, you are starting to activate all those receptor sites that have been asleep. And so over time, you may be able to use uh, higher dosages, and then see accelerated uh, healing over the whole body. And I know you've suffered from a lot of different issues 
in your yeah. health. So over over time, you're going to see uh, tremendous improvements. Definitely, the endocannabinoid system is going to hope it's going to help regulate your stress levels. Which chances are your stress levels are what's keeping you from sleeping? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Jacobus, do you have some at your store? We then? do, Lynn. We do. Well, I'll be in about one o'clock. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. You mentioned the lozenges, but I want to come back one more time to the vapes. So the vapes yeah. are completely safe. They you don't, you don't light them with a uh, with a with a with a lighter or with a match. They you just inhale this juice. And and why did you not recommend the vape for Lynn uh, with his anxiety? You said that works so quickly. The vape can help for anxiety as well, um, but it's 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 kind of pairing all of them together. Sometimes, if yeah. you're very severe symptoms, you would do the tincture daily. Then you would add a lot on top of that as well as a uh, vape. But what I was thinking for for Lynn, first-time customer wanting to get used to it with a vape, he will have to buy a battery and a few components. So I'm always looking at the the expense that the customer has to shell out also. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure that the product's going to work for him before he invests a whole bunch of money and buys all this equipment. And, and doesn't find relief, even though 99% of the time they do find relief. But a lozenge is something he can grab quick. Yeah. He doesn't have to charge a battery right now. He can yeah. walk into the store and hopefully in a matter of five minutes have a effect of uh, relief. But if he's also having a panic attack, I would definitely pick up a vaporizer as well. So if he doesn't have a lozenge, it, 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 it'll be a fast effect also. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for calling. What's your name? How can we help you? This is Clint. I was, uh, well, I hope Len gets better. Boy. Yes. Uh, I wanted to ask your guest there uh, about how he cured his dog that was, that was paralyzed. What do you, what do you use? So my company, I developed about six months ago what we call our pet tincture. And I used an all-organic coconut oil paired with oat oil and pumpkin oil, then I infuse our CBD into that. So the pumpkin and oat oil have great anti-inflammatory properties. Um, then the CBD has neuroinflammation properties. And those three paired together, I was giving my dog uh, probably only about one milligram of CBD three times a day. And um, uh, yeah, be, so... Okay. With these food or what? No, so our pet tincture is, is is an oral application, just like our CBD drops. And with the pumpkin and oat oil, it tastes really good to uh, animals. Okay. So it comes with a calibrated dropper. You just suck it up okay. in the dropper, and you'll find your dog, cat, will come and just squirt it right into their uh, mouth. Okay, oh. I wondered about that. I was just wondering. I know the Belgian and Shepherd and the German Shepherds, they paralyze pretty easy yeah, in later sure years. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of yeah, curious was, about what you said. My dog is a little stove up in the back, and I was a little bit worried about it. And she's a golden retriever, and I was just wondering what you did. So and it can work for arthritis in dogs and older dogs, and I was blown away. We were almost thinking she wasn't going to walk, but we kept on the medication over and over. And then just last week I went on Amazon and even bought wheels for her to help her back legs uh, to okay. hold her up so she could walk with her front. Wow. And I took I, that lasted about a day. I took her out, and all of a sudden she got out of her bed to go to the bathroom, and now she's uh, almost almost back to normal. 
where for three and a half weeks she couldn't move whatsoever. That's incredible. Do you have that stuff, Jacobus, at your store? I I do believe that we have the pet supply. Yes, we have the pet tincture. Okay, well, I might come in and get some of that. Yeah, you bet. Okay, thanks, Jacobus. Good program. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What is being done to ease the growth? I had I had a text message right here, and now I am looking for it. Uh, come on. Where is it, folks? Okay. What is being done to ease the growth of industrial hemp in the U.S.? Is It is actually legal to grow already in Montana. So what is being done to ease the growth of industrial hemp in the U.S.? It is actually legal to grow already in Montana. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. I know more states are passing laws uh, to cultivate industrial hemp because of the Farm Bill Act of 2014. Um, so I think as we go further, I know, I believe there's a bill out right now to uh, declassify industrial hemp, um, and more states are getting on board with it. So I just think it will just take a little more time, and hopefully all states will will be cultivating hemp. But then what we have to remember also that there's been a little experience in Kentucky and, and places that are, are cultivating hemp is they've passed the laws to grow it, but we don't have a huge hemp industry. Yeah. There's no machinery in the United States to turn hemp into fabric. It's all in China. There's no factories here making hemp concrete. So even as, as, as the laws change and, and progress to allow for more, more cultivation, we have to also now start bringing the technology to use the hemp that's being cultivated here. My God, that should save a lot of time and energy. All right, yep. here is a question my daughter is writing from the store. She says, uh, can you ask Dave if the natural tincture can also be used for, the natural tincture can also be used for pets or if he, if he only recommends the pet tincture specifically because the dose is higher in the human version? Yes, any of our CBD products can be used with pets, but I specifically formulated the pet tincture um, with the coconut oil, the oat oil, and the pumpkin oil to be really good for their skin, really good for their joints, their hair, um, where, where the natural tincture can be used, even a flavor tincture can be used. But the pet tincture, I think, would be more beneficial because it has more beneficial properties in it, utilizing the other oil. Makes sense. Yes, we have another caller. Good morning, caller. What's your name? How can we help you? Morning, Jacobus. This is Steve. Hey, Steve. Good morning to you. I'd like to know what do uh, you recommend for topical use? Topical use? What are you trying to treat topically? Uh, Tendons. Oh, interesting. You're trying to treat what? I couldn't hear that. Ten- tendons. 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 So that would be our ova muscle rub. If there's anything you cannot see on the skin, our ova muscle rub is amazing. It uses organic menthol crystals uh, and cage put oil, peppermint oil, a few other uh, essential oils to penetrate the skin barriers and treat the inflammation at the joints, at the tendons. Um, definitely use our ova muscle rub for that. Then if it's something you can see on the skin, cuts, scrapes, burns, psoriasis, eczema, dry skin, rashes, then you want to use our salve product. Okay. What does ova stand for? Organic vapor analgesic. It's oh. a name that I came up with okay. myself. Oh, all right. Wonderful. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. Appreciate Thanks. the call. Bye-bye. See you later. Thank all you. Right, bye. 
I uh, I do want to ask you uh, something I wanted to ask you at the end of the last half hour, which was, it is, is this considered a nutrition oil? Yes. Is it more an omega-6 like or omega-3 like? Is it more a combination like flaxseed and, uh, and chia seed oil? Or is it a specific, since it's a plant oil and from a seed, is it therefore an omega-6 oil? So I haven't done much research on the CBD itself being omega-3 or a but all the carrier oil, the, the only carrier oil that we use in our tincture, everything we do is 100% hemp-based. So our organic hemp seed oil, is our, our CBD oil is infused into an all-organic cold-pressed hemp seed oil, which is about a 1 to 3 ratio of omega-3 and omega-6. Yeah, so the omega-6 is higher than the omega-3. Yes, yes, right. Yes. Okay. Well, so it makes total sense, actually. I should have known that. So it's about a three to one ratio, and I think your optimal ratios are somewhere between 2.1 and 4 to 1. And it works really well with other oils together. The uh, I, I was reading it does have, besides what you're saying to Steve about the tendons, it definitely has an anti inflammatory effect on the body. Yes, yes. Mm. Very strong anti-inflammatory effect. We've had a lot of relief, and they can go to our website and kind of read some of the customer testimonials on our ova muscle rub from rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, restless leg syndrome. Um, we've had numerous uh, patients or numerous customers, and one I would like to add is our IT guy, Alex. Um, he was going to have a, soldier, a, a shoulder surgery programs all the time on the computer. And we got him on our Ova Muscle Rub with our vaporizer, as well as changing some of his movements. And he's now postponed his surgery and is back to almost full range of motion just by using our topical tincture uh, paired with our vaporizer. It's uh, it's incredible. It really is incredible. I mean, it, is, it shouldn't be because it's been out for so long. But uh, right. still, to always hear great stories of people trying something and, and seeing the results, uh, it, it helps so many people. We're talking about opioids. So many people are on anti-inflammatories, antidepressants, um, neurological medications, uh, uh, because that's what they think they have. But if they would simply start to rebuild that endocannabinoid system, uh, who knows what the future will bring as far as self-care is is concerned this is uh this is wonderful um yep. and the people can educate themselves again i i don't i i can't stress that enough there is someone out there with something that you've been experiencing that has used cbd and found relief even if there's information you can't find on it go ahead and give it a try um because it's helping new things every day um and the internet is a well has a wealth of information of how cbd is is affecting people and all types of ailments that you would never think there's no way cbd could help with this and there's someone you'll probably find online that shared a story where cbd has affected them in some positive way have you seen effect of uh, the using the cbd for hormonal imbalances like estrogen progesterone pms uh, menopausal symptoms uh, have you seen effect of that so what I've kind of seen with that is is hormones can be affected by the body, by diet, by mood. And if CBD is helping the body um, regulate its immune system more efficiently, regulate its stress levels, it may not have such a drastic change on the hormonal level. Okay. 
So by supporting other systems, it alleviates the pressure on the hormones. Yes, definitely. I see. see. Wow, there's uh, more questions that are coming up, Dave, as uh, the program is progressing simply because of uh, the miraculous workings of uh, CBD. I, I really appreciate that you spent three hours with us. You had to get up really early. So thanks for doing that. And I, I truly you. wish you, I wish you all the best. And I do hope that we can call you again and continue the conversation. Definitely, Jacobus. It was a wonderful experience. And I appreciate being here and having the opportunity to uh, educate everybody. And they're welcome to find us online. Send in emails. If you have any questions, you know how to reach me. We're here to help in any way we possibly can. Uh, thank you. That's wonderful. And I know that people will, and uh, they'll probably come to the store first, get information. But folks, we'll be back next week, Saturday from 8 to 11. Thanks for listening. See you then.